Sirius XM and Augusta National present The Masters Show. And he puts out for a 68. Ben's best round of the four-day tournament. Hogan wins his first Masters. There's your champion, Fuzzy Zeller, 1979 Masters champion. There it is, as grand as it gets. Tiger has his slam. Masters history, conversations with past champions, previewing this year's tournament and celebrating the unique traditions of the Masters. Bernard, when we put this jacket on you, you become a member of Augusta National Golf Club. You're invited to play in this tournament for the rest of your life. Okay. Very proud of that. The Masters Show with your host, Taylor Zarzer, begins right now on Sirius XM. 21 days from today, it will be Masters Week. 24 days from today, the 2021 Masters will be underway at Augusta National Golf Club. In fact, the final groups will be finishing on that Thursday evening with Brian Katrick, Greg Norman, John McGinnis, Mark Carnivale, Fred Albers, and yours truly, Taylor Zarzer, calling the action and conducting interviews right at this very time, 24 days from now. We cannot wait to be there at Augusta National Golf Club providing exclusive coverage of the 2021 Masters. I mentioned Greg Norman's name. It was announced last Tuesday that he is the lead analyst on Masters Radio. The Shark was on with us on Thursday night. You'll hear his thoughts about becoming the lead analyst a little bit later on. Plus, Brian Katrick. We'll update the field. There's a smaller field than normal, at least of this uh, live episode here in the middle of March. We'll see if the field expands due to a couple of players entering the top 50. If someone were to win the tournament in Palm Beach this week at one of Jack's courses, if someone were to win the WGC in Austin next week, they would get, gain entry into the Masters. And, of course, in San Antonio, right before the Masters starts, they could win if they're not already in. So there are three tournaments left, and if you win, you're in. Maybe you'll see a special exemption. We'll talk about that coming up, and there are a couple of players that have entered the top 50. It's time now to see who delivered. Brought to you by UPS. UPS is proud to be an international partner of the Masters. Be bold, be brave, be unstoppable. We appreciate their partnership here on Masters Radio here on the Masters Show. Justin Thomas wins at the Players' Championship with a spectacular weekend. He barely made the cut through 27 holes at the stadium course in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. He was outside the cut line before a nice final nine holes had him finish at two under par going into Saturday's action. Justin then shot 64 on Saturday. He was three back going into the final round, and he was four back at the turn before birdieing 10, eagling 11, and birdieing 12 to gain the outright lead. Thomas would then make a birdie on 16, got a really good bounce in the fairway on 18, hit 17 of 18 greens, on Sunday and beat Lee Westwood by one to win the Players' Championship. After he was done, Justin had some thoughts on just how challenging of a year it's been on the golf course and off. Bizarre. It was probably an understatement. It's been um, it's been a crappy couple months. Uh, I've had, had stuff happen in my life. I never thought I'd have 
have happen. And um, I mean, you know, losing Grandpa was was terrible, and um, you know, having to having to play around a golf, dealing with that, and then and then on top of that, not playing well. Um, it just it was a lot, and it, it took a lot on me mentally. But uh, at the same time. That's just the way that it was. I, I had to had to figure it out and had to get over it. And if if I wanted to come to these tournaments and have a chance to win, and then I need to suck it up and get over it. You know, if I wanted to throw a pity party for myself or feel sorry for myself, then there's no reason to show up. And I can stay home until I feel like I'm ready. But I felt like I was in a good enough headspace where I could play. I just wasn't playing well. And then um, and then once I wasn't playing well, it was kind of snowballing. So I'm. Uh, this week was huge to to win a big championship like this in front of in front of fans again, which was incredible. Um, you know, it tested me mentally, physically, emotionally, and uh, I'm I'm very proud of myself for getting it done. As he should be. It's so impressive to see the way that J- Justin performed over the weekend in order to become a Players Champion. That gets him in through Category Five. As a qualifier in the Masters, he was already in five additional ways, meaning Thomas and Bryson DeChambeau are the second most tied for the second most qualified players in this year's Masters to date. The most qualified is the defending champion, Just, uh, Dustin Johnson, who qualifies seven different ways. Bryson and Justin are now in six different ways. What a performance by Thomas over the weekend, and now he's ranked number two in the world. He said part of the reason why he was so fired up about the victory is that there were fans out on the golf course watching. Listen. It's not even remotely close. I, I can't I can't even attempt to explain it. I mean it it's like I mean it's like having a money game with your buddies and then it's like playing in front of ten thousand people. I mean it's it's hard to explain, but it is such a I mean you you're nervous. Like you, you want to win the tournament when there's no fans and you feel it, but the things that I felt out there today and, and those last couple holes are something that I haven't felt in a really long time because of all this. I mean, in over a year, uh, probably since like Mexico last year. So it, it's just bizarre. I mean, the, the hair on my arms and neck and legs were standing straight up um, walking to 17 green and, and to, to have to play five to eight yards for adrenaline just because of the fans in the moment on 17 and 18 and, and other holes I mean it's 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 stuff that's so hard to explain but it felt great I mean that's why we all play that's why we all do this um but it, it did feel great to be able to execute and hit some great shots in front of those fans today the reason why I wanted to play that clip on the master show is because with all due respect to the incredible crowd they had there in Ponte Vedra Beach this past weekend There is no individual golf tournament in the world where fans in person, patrons in attendance, make a bigger difference than Augusta National Golf Club. And those roars coming back, although it'll be a limited crowd, those roars around Amen Corner and around the 15th and the 16th greens, and as they're coming up welcoming the best players to the 18th green, make a huge difference. And that adrenaline that Justin just referenced, you have to play for five to eight more yards due to adrenaline, will be a factor again at Augusta National Golf Club. I cannot wait. Justin's now ranked second in the world behind Dustin Johnson. Those are two of the biggest favorites. And I'm wondering this. I want your phone calls at 
469-0026. Right now, 24 days out, who's the favorite? I don't mean who the odds makers think is the favorite. I mean, who do you think is the favorite going into the Masters? 866-469-0026. Another name you have to consider is 47-year-old Lee Westwood. Westwood finished second at Arnold's tournament at Bay Hill last week and now second again at the Players' Championship. On Sunday, though, with a two-shot lead going into the final round, he said he had his C game. I, I, I didn't play my best golf today by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, I battled it out, and I was proud of myself for that. And, uh, you know, people question whether I can all putts under pressure, and I roll, all, rolled in a lot of, uh, you know, must-make putts all day, really, whether it be for par or the great birdie on uh, 14. Um, good par puts on 15 and 16. All right, a three putt at 17, but it's a tough two put up from up on that hill, and uh, and then roll one in at the last, which I guess was a little bit of justification for, you know, sticking with it, even though I probably had my C game today, and uh, and grinding it out. And he certainly grinded it out. He played uh, as as well as he could and and almost won it, but ends up finishing in second place. Westwood's now ranked 19th in the world. In this newfound perspective, in part due to his caddy and fiance Helen's story, he gives tremendous credit to. Here's his perspective now on golf. Yeah, I do enjoy the game more. I take it for what it is, a game. Um, you know, we're just trying to get a little white ball into a little white hole. And, uh, you know, it gets treated far too seriously um, occasionally. And, uh, you know, with what's going on in the world, it's fun. It's fun to be doing a job that I love and that I've done for 28 years and I'm still doing it. Um, you know, what it, there's, there's no downside really. I didn't deserve to, to win today because I didn't, didn't hit the ball well enough. And uh, you've just got to be, you, you know, you got to have realities in your life. And I, my life is full of reality, yeah. And you look at what he's about to do with that perspective three weeks from now, teeing it up for the 20th time at Augusta National Golf Club. He has one of the best records of anyone that hasn't won the event. He has two seconds, a third, six top tens, ten top 25s, and 19 starts. In fact, he's made the cut 16 out of 19 times he's come to Augusta National Golf Club. Westwood comes in with tremendous form. In fact, Westwood is at Augusta National today, practicing and again tomorrow. Shane Lowry, who just finished in the top 10 in the players and, of course, is the reigning Open champion, said last night he's playing practice rounds with Westwood today and tomorrow at Augusta National. I have a busy week ahead of me. I'm actually going to Augusta this evening. Really? Yeah, I'm playing Augusta tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, myself and Lee Westwood are going, actually. Uh, he's taking his son, and I'm taking my coach, and we're going to play. Okay. A couple of members kindly invited us, so... Um, we're going up there. I'm treating them as maybe a little, you know, practice rounds for the Masters. The Masters not far away. So uh, then I get back to Palm Beach Tuesday evening, um, pro on Wednesday, and play the Honda. I, you know, I like the course at the Honda. Um, it's a home game for me now. It's I live five minutes from the course, and uh, yeah, so go and play there, and then match play, and then I'll uh, I'll have a much needed week off before the Masters. So. Lowry is another name that you need to think about coming into the Masters, given his success at the Open at Portrush two years ago and his recent form 
too. So Lowry and Westwood already getting ready at Augusta National 24 days from when they tee it up there. Those are some names to consider. And again, we want your phone calls at 866-469-0026. Who do you think the favorite is going into Augusta National? Could it be Bryson DeChambeau, who won at Arnold's Place at Bay Hill and then this past week finishes tied for third in the players last night? Another terrific performance, and some were surprised at the way that Bryson played given the fact that it's not a Bombers-type course. But his accuracy and his putting has been so good that he said he's happy with the way he played at Sawgrass. That's one of the amazing things about my game right now is that on golf courses that really kind of hold me back, um, for the most part, I'm still able to perform and perform at a high level, and I'm excited about that. I'm proud about that. And I think that uh, as, I, as I keep moving forward, I'm not going to um, – I'm going to take this as a, as, a, as a great example of, you know, if, if there's a golf course that doesn't work for me, I can still play it. And I think that's quite obvious. That's the respect that all of us are gaining for Bryson is that he, it doesn't matter if you have to bomb the golf ball or if you have to lay back in spots as he did at Sawgrass. This guy has a chance to win no matter where they tee it up. He's getting ready to play in the Masters. He's only had a few starts there. He was the low amateur back in 2016. And then the last three times... He's played as a professional, tied for 38th in 2018, 29th in 2019, and a somewhat disappointing performance by his standard in November when he finished tied for 34th. Is Bryson the favorite to win it? 866-469-0026 is the number to get your thoughts on that. Rory McIlroy will once again try to complete the career Grand Slam but he doesn't have much form to show at the moment. He shot 79-75 in his two rounds at the players missing the cut, and he's outside the top 10 now, ranked 11th in the world. Here's what Rory had to say to the media after Friday night's round when he said he's chasing speed, and he shouldn't have been because he's already a long hitter. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't anything to do with what Bryson did at the U.S. Open. I think a lot of people saw that and were like, whoa, you know, if this is the way they're going to set golf courses up in the future, it helps. It really helps. The one thing that people don't, un- don't appreciate is how good Bryson is out of the rough, not only because of how upright he is, but because his short irons are longer than standard, so he can get a little more speed through the, through the rough than, 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 uh, than us, than other guys. Um, and I thought, you know, being able to get some more speed is a is a good thing, and uh, I maybe just, you know, to the detriment a little bit of, of my swing, I got there, but I just need to maybe ran it back in a little bit. Rory has not won a golf tournament in 15 months if he does find his form in the next couple of weeks. Wouldn't it be a story if McElroy gets uh, finds his form and wins the Masters and completes the career Grand Slam. Don't put it past him. Even though you, there's nothing that would make you think that at the moment, this man can find it rather quickly. You look at his Masters record, and he has a bunch of top tens in the Masters. In fact, he has six of them, including a top five finish this past November. We'll see if that happens for Rory. I think it's obvious or, or maybe it's obvious to some of you that Justin Thomas should be the favorite, given that he just won the players. Consider this. Thomas will be teeing it up for the sixth time at Augusta National, and he's improved his position 
every time he's played. Tied for 39th in 2016, 22nd in 2017, 17th in 2018, 12th in 2019, and then 4th this past November. If he keeps improving, 1st, 2nd, or 3rd is where he'll finish this April. So again, I ask you, who's the favorite going into the 2021 Masters? Just three weeks away. 866-469-0026 is the number. This is the Masters Show on Sirius XM. Masters Moments on Sirius XM, the exclusive home of the Masters. 1997 saw Tiger Woods dominate the field, winning by 12 strokes to pick up his first career major title and become the youngest ever to win the Masters. There it is, a win for the ages. Sirius XM's exclusive coverage of the 2021 Masters starts Monday, April 5th on Sirius 208 and XM 92 and on your connected devices and speakers. The Masters Show on Sirius XM. There it is, as grand as it gets. The Tiger has his slam. 20 years ago. In fact, we'll celebrate that on April the 8th. That is the day. It's actually the first round of the Masters this year, 20 years to the day of the Tiger Slam when Tiger had all four of the major championships at the same time. Let's go to the phones and see who you think the favorite is this year in the Masters. Ralph in Maine. Ralph, good evening. How are you? Yes, how are you? Thank you. Terrific. Um, Yes, very uh, amazing. Westwood came in second in that tournament. Just unbelievable. But um, I believe that he should really probably have a caddy for the Masters. His girlfriend is very beautiful, but I don't think she helps him with any putting or anything. I think she's just carrying the bag. She, well, yeah, she, no, no, I'm I'm here. I was just listening to what you were saying. Um, She does not read greens. She does not pick clubs. She does not give yardages. What she does is she puts Westwood in a tremendous frame of mind, frame of mind, almost like yeah. having a Bob Rotella, a sports psychologist, walking with you. And she's she's trained in that area to keep Westwood in great spirits. And as Bryson DeChambeau said this weekend, she's his secret weapon because of her terrific attitude and how even keel she is. So, yeah. Ralph, I would t- I would tell you that if you're a young player then sure, you would need some help on the greens. You would need some ex- an experienced yeah. caddy like the one uh, Westwood used to have, Billy Foster, who caddied for Seve and caddied for Westwood and has caddied for a bunch of players. He's caddying for Matt Fitzpatrick now. But at, if, if there's anybody in the field, Ralph, that yeah. knows more about these golf courses, Augusta National included, it's Lee Westwood. Let me ask you this. Is it possible to have three people walking with you on a, in a golf tournament? Can she no, just, just walk with him rather than hold the bag? Well, she could walk over outside the ropes, and um, and but I mean, there's really not going to be any interaction or communication. This is yeah. really work, Ralph. Thank you for the phone call. We appreciate it. This is really working. And the guy won the European Tour. He won in Abu Dhabi, and he's just finished second the last couple of weeks. I wouldn't mess with that. You know, a a, a guy that won a record sixth green jacket 35 years ago had his son on the bag 
and I mean this with all due respect to Jack Nicholas II, a.k.a. Jackie. Jack Nicholas I was the one reading the greens and picking the clubs, and that seemed to work pretty well for him back in 1986. Let's go next to Tom in Oklahoma. Tom, who do you think the favorite is with three weeks to go? Hey, Tom. Oh, yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, I know you were just talking about Rory McIlroy. And uh, I think, uh, you know, golf is kind of like uh, your swing finds you. You don't find your swing. And it's kind of like uh, when your swing finds you, the switch comes on. And his switch has been off for a little while, his light switch. And, and I think uh, he's about to find – a swing is about to find him. So I think that, uh, you know, he's played uh, rather – well, I don't want to say poor because he's always playing well. But he's just not been able to win. I think this might be the time that he wins. So I, he's my favorite this year. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter, Tom, if you have form or not, right? It, it you know, all of, Like you said, just all of a sudden it can click. You don't need great result after great result after great result. You just need it all of a sudden to click. And, and Rory knows everything there is to know about Augusta National Golf Club. It's more about operator error than it is anything else. And if he can get those wedges cleaned up in the next couple of weeks, that his talent is at the very top of the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. Well, I, that's that's. Uh, I've been thinking about it because we always have a. I have a group that I uh, drink coffee with every morning, and we always make masters bets. And this year, I'm going to bet on Rory McIlroy. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, I bet you can get some some pretty good uh, odds, uh, probably better than than you ever could before with uh, with McIlroy. So, um, thank you for the call, Tom. We appreciate it. My man Brian Katrick tells me, and I, I didn't hear Lee say this, but I'm, I'm sure he did in the last uh, couple of days. His son Sam is going to caddy for him at Augusta National. Now Sam has carried the bag quite a bit in the last couple of years. When um, when Helen does not carry the bag slash is unavailable, Sam has caddied for Lee, and that pair has worked really well together. I'm sure Helen will probably still come to Augusta National, but that week Sam will carry the bag. So again, he'll be Lee, and it, Lee will be relying on all of his past experience there, and I'm sure he has all of the books he needs and charted the whole golf course. Billy Foster caddied for him forever out there, and I'm sure he's got terrific notes. It probably was helpful on Saturday that Billy Foster was in the same group with Fitzpatrick, and I noticed a ton of times where Westwood and Foster were walking down fairways together. So uh, Westwood has plenty of people that will be in his ear to help him prepare for Augusta National, but this newfound form is certainly working well. Let's go to Ron in Los Angeles, up next on the Master Show. Hey, Ron. Hey, how are you? Good afternoon. Same to you. Can you hear me? You yes, sir. Oh, fine, thank you. I got a pick that's uh, unpopular, but I think uh, I wouldn't bet against this guy is uh, Patrick Reed. I think he's, you know, horses for courses. I think the course is wide enough so his. His tee shots, which aren't you know normally the straightest in the world, like you can get away with it there. And he obviously he's a master of the short game, and he's won there before. So he's had a decent year. He won in San Diego. He uh, did okay in Dubai. Played okay this past week. I think he was five under. So I would not rule him out. And uh, he's formidable. Again, when, maybe not popular, but I think he's he's a talent. 
Right. And so when you say unpopular, you mean un- not as many people are cheering for him, but I do think that's yes. a popular pick in terms of somebody trying to be objective in determining who's going to going to win. In fact, if you gave me five picks on one hand, I would absolutely put Patrick Reed on it. Yep, for sure, for sure. And by the way, I kind of know him. He's got a very big heart. You know, he's been pummeled with his uh, faux pas, but very charitable guy, very uh, family-oriented guy. It's just unfortunate that I think uh, it's going to be hard to escape the uh, you know the image people have of him. I don't know how he's going to ever knock that down, but uh, he's, he's not a bad guy. You know, Ron, uh, I appreciate your thoughts. The day after he won the Masters, I was with him in New York and with his family, and, and I really enjoyed that experience with Patrick Reed. He was likable and pleasant, and I really appreciated, as you said, how much he enjoyed his family. He was very comfortable, is very comfortable in his own skin, and seems to really be fine with the life he is living, even if others aren't. Back to what you were saying about his chances, I'm with you. I think he has a real chance, as good a chance as he had when he won it three years ago. Short game, to me, right now, is the best in the world. I would take his short game right now over anybody else's. You know, For years, you would take Phil Mickelson's short game over anyone else's. That was what Tiger always said, although I, I might take Tiger's over Phil's. Many would take Phil, short game, just the best in the world. I think Patrick Reed's short game is really close. Chipping is just unbelievable, and that goes a long way at Augusta National Golf Club. Whether you're on or off the course, greatness takes more than skill. It takes dedication. That's why, as an international partner of the Masters, UPS is dedicated to driving innovation that powers your business. Growing your business means adapting to stay ahead. So UPS has tools beyond just shipping that meet the specific and ever-changing needs of business owners. If you're looking to take your business global, do it with help from UPS experts and international services made for business of all sizes. With UPS automated automated tracking tools, you can stay in control and save time by seeing everything all in one place. Plus, with faster ground shipping now offered nationwide, you can surpass customer expectations and outpace the competition. And if you've taken your business online, you can find UPS wherever you sell. Count on UPS to help your business grow so you can be bold, be brave, be unstoppable. We appreciate the partnership of UPS with Masters Radio and here on the Masters Show. Brian Katrick joins me next on SiriusXM. Masters Moments on Sirius XM, the exclusive home of the Masters. 1986 saw 46-year-old Jack Nicholas make a back nine charge to grab a share of the lead on the 17th hole. Nicholas versus Taurus, whole possession of the lead. After a par at the 18th, Nicholas would don his record sixth green jacket. Sirius XM's exclusive coverage of the 2021 Masters starts Monday, April 5th on Sirius 208 and XM92 and on your connected devices and speakers. Now back to the Masters show on Sirius XM. Yes! And by holding that puck, Dave Barr ties Jack Nicholas for second place. Arnold now. He's got a fitting climax. I love that clip from Chris Schenkel when he used to do the Masters highlights through the years. There's an awesome photograph that Augusta National Golf Club has of 
our colleague David Marr's father, Dave, talking to the Augusta National crowd after finishing second and telling a, a funny one-liner and Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas laughing hysterically as they're seated next to Marr. That was back uh, in 1964 when Marr finished second to Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas put the jacket on Arnold that year. What a moment I'm sure that was at Augusta National Golf Club almost 60 years ago. Let's bring in the voice of the Masters now. Brian Katrick with Greg Norman will call the Masters in 24 days. Can you believe that, BK? It seems too soon. <laughs> it really does. However, I am thrilled. Uh, returned home from the players just in time to see that some of the trees have started to change and some of the flowers are starting to come out and you know, it's warmer down there, so I expected to see it down there. I didn't expect to see it here in Atlanta. So, you know what? Once that starts to happen, it's Masters time. You you were able to see almost all of the participants come through with your coverage that you were doing this past week, situated on the 17th holes. You called the action on 12 and, and 17, and I know that's always a treat for you to get to do that. We've got 86 players that are qualified for the event, although that number does include Tiger Woods, Trevor Immelman, and Angel Cabrera, and some or all of those guys may not participate. So the number may be closer to 83 participants. That's a small number, Brian, with just a few weeks to go. It sure is. And, you know, we're going to go through the qualifications. I do think there's a chance that we might see one or two more added through the World Golf Rankings. Uh, but we're running out of opportunities to add them through wins. And, yeah, this is going to be uh, going to be a, at this point one of the short fields. That doesn't always happen. And it's one of the cool things about what I think you're doing here on this show and specifically with this segment is folks are getting more and more familiar with how the Masters Tournament Committee and the Augusta National Golf Club fills this field and why they do and it's, and how that works dictates the size of the field and it's not always the same some some years you can get close to 100 uh, some years you can get over 100 this just doesn't look like it's one of those years we have somewhere between 17 and 20 past champions that will play in the field and again that's contingent upon a couple of decisions that will be made in the in the coming weeks then you have the the last five u.s open open and pga champions in the last uh, five years You've got the players' champions in the last three years. All three of those players now with Justin Thomas winning the players were already qualified for the Masters, so no new participant there. We don't have an Olympic gold medalist uh, qualification number six. We will, hopefully, this summer that will qualify for next year's Masters. And then one of the reasons, Brian, we have a smaller number is because of the lack of amateur events we had the U.S. Amateur, so we have a champion and a runner-up. We had the British Amateur, but no Asia-Pacific, no Latin American, and no U.S. Mid-Amateur this year, part of the reason why it's a smaller field. That's right. Uh, I was excited from a personal standpoint, being an amateur that tries to play, that, uh, that those events are going to be held, uh, you know, at least the ones here in the States. Uh, the, the qualifying schedule has been put out, and you can start to make some plans, so... That'll get folks ready for 2022, but for this one, we're short, and we're just going to be short, and that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. Um, there are a couple of players in category number 12 
that are not in the top 50 that got in by finishing in the top 12 in ties from November's Masters, like Dylan Fratelli and C.T. Pan. Corey Connors did qualify that way, but he's now also in the top 15. He's playing some really good golf. That might be a name to watch in a couple of weeks. Dylan Fratelli had a good Players' Championship also, and so did Corey Connors, you mentioned. Yes, uh, that's one of the things that's exciting about this spotlight on this show is – yeah, all of a sudden that nice weekend run that Corey Connors had and, and being near the top of that leaderboard so late at an event that's so important and at a golf course that was playing firm and fast and, and had a lot of the same shot values that he could see at Augusta National, you got to think about how will this guy's game hold up there and what lessons did he learn and will he be able to take anything with him? And I think there are a lot of positives for Corey Connors. If you finished in the top four in a major championship within the last year, you get in. All of the people that did that were already in the Masters. Then you get to qualification number 16, Brian, and that's if you won a tournament here in the United States on the on the largest tour there is in the world, then you get into the Masters. And there are a couple of interesting names that have gotten in. How about Jim Herman, who either – seems to miss the cut by a mile, BK, or win the golf tournament. Yeah, multiple wins for Jim Herman, and a guy that can get zoned in, and a guy that I think, much like a couple other names on this list, uh, with Stuart Sink and Brian Gay, yeah, that, that will really soak this up. And for all of us, and we've talked about it in the past few weeks, for all of us, whether whether you're a patron that's getting to attend a Masters tournament or a media member that's getting to cover it, or even uh, one of the guys, especially out of Category six, uh, 17, this might be your last one. You just never know when your last one's going to be, and you need to savor it, and I think that guys like that definitely do. Category 17 is if you made the Tour Championship. Cameron Champ is somebody that only gets in through that way, so he's back in one of the longest hitters. You would have to think that Augusta National might give him an advantage with his length, Bryson DeChambeau has said a couple of times Champ hits it farther than he does, if you can believe that. Category 18 is if you were in the top 50 at the end of the calendar year. Matthew Wallace was number 50. He's now fallen to 55. So he was the last man in at the end of 2020, BK. Yeah. Uh, luckily for Matt Wallace, he's in. I, I do think there's a name to keep an eye on. And last week's Players' Championship, did this for him. Brian Harmon was 95th in the world golf rankings. Mm. And all of a sudden that big finish push, pushed him all the way up to 58th. That's a guy that isn't in the masters any other way. And you start to look at what tournaments are left where you could get in by winning. Well, you got the Honda classic this week, you've got the Texas open, but Brian Harmon's a guy that's going to be in the match play and you'll be able to pick up some world golf ranking points there. Brian Harmon's also a guy that could win the match play. You would think most of the winners of the match play would probably already be in the Masters some other way, but Harmon is going to be one of those guys and could easily make that last push up the world golf rankings. All of a sudden, Category 19 might get a little busy. Yeah, because Will Zalatoris and Robert McIntyre are in position to qualify through Category 19. Zalatoris is number 43. McIntyre's number 44. You had a chance to watch both of them play this past week. Well, and Will Zalatoris, now the secret is out. This is this is not a, a hidden gem anymore. Everybody knows uh, what he can do. Fun week for Robert McIntyre. 
the left-hander, they had guys go out onto the island green and recreate a shot that Matt Kuchar had hit. Matt Kuchar, of course, played in the Masters uh, as as the U.S. Amateur Champion. He's he's played in a number of different categories, but he had a shot on the island green a few years ago that he was forced to hit. Uh, where he had his back to the target and he used just his right hand and he chopped down on it backwards, Seve Ballesteros style. Well, Robert McIntyre happens to be left-handed. So he could have hit that shot just left-handed, but he played along. He went and borrowed a a right-handed club from one of the guys he was playing with. He stood there with his back to the target. He chopped down on it just like uh, the Masters champion Seve Ballesteros would do. And, of course, he holed it. (laughs) <laughs> so fun-loving guy and Robert McIntyre, very talented and good that he has risen this highly in the World Golf Rankings. I love that. Then finally, there could be a special invitation or two. There has been some discussion outside of the club by the media that maybe with the lack of amateur events, that maybe the club would I- invite an, an extra amateur or two that has a great world ranking either in Asia or in Latin America and then the other person to watch, I'm going to give you a, a new name here, Brian. Antoine Rosner just won, and, and I know you're always good at this, Qatar or Cutter? Which way do you go with that? <laughs> uh, Renton Laidlaw called it Qatar. Qatar, okay. Qatar so Masters. I'm going with Renton Laidlaw. <laughs> Antoine Rosner just won that, and he moved up to number 63 in the world. If he were to win in the, again in the next couple of weeks, the club does have a history of looking at players that are playing well internationally Shubanka Sharmer comes to mind a couple years ago as somebody that they offered an extent an invitation to I wouldn't be surprised if they did that yeah it's very possible Davis Thompson is the number one ranked amateur of the world that's another as you mentioned very good possibility uh, that could happen and you know they as you know the club runs the Augusta National Women's Amateur they are fill, filling that field with uh, with with young ladies from the world amateur rankings they're very familiar with the process, and I wouldn't be surprised that, if, you know, I don't know what the target number might be, uh, get uh, get equal equal groupings, a, a number that's divisible by three for Thursday and Friday, but if they're comfortable with something in the low 90s, I think those guys, uh, th- those players would be very interested and be checking their mailboxes, hopefully, for invitations. Finally, Brian, you pick me which one you think is most painful of the close calls. Eric Van Royen finished 2020, finished uh, ranked 51st in the world. Kevin Streelman was 52nd, lost by a shot at the Travelers to DJ, finished 32nd in the tour standings. Ricky Fowler, 53rd. Adam Long finished 31st in the tour standings. Austin Cook lost in a playoff in Las Vegas. Wyndham Clark lost in a playoff in Bermuda. Tyler McCumber lost by a shot in Punta Cana to Hudson Swafford. Peter Malnati lost by a shot in Jackson to Sergio. Aaron Wise lost by a shot to Hovland at Mayakoba. And Aman Gupta, who had a huge lead on Tyler Strafacci in the USAM semis, lost one down. Which one is most painful? So it's it seems mean spirited to answer this, but <laughs> but I would say I would just look at the guy that may be the oldest on that list, and then unfortunately it's gotta be Kevin. Uh, Streelman had a couple of chances to do it. Yep. Uh, as I said before, you never know which one of these is going to be your last one, and it's so special, and to have had a couple of shots at it. Luckily for Kevin, he's got the game to put it all together. He can win every week out there. So uh, to have been that close on two di- for two different categories, uh, everybody else has uh, has got most of their golf still in front of them. 
and uh, boy, we, we just hope for the best. I hope we get a good story in the next three weeks. You mentioned Corey Connors is having a chance this year. What Connors did in San Antonio Monday qualifying and then winning the tournament a couple of years ago was as cool of a way to get into the Masters as you'll ever see. Maybe we have something like that waiting for us in the coming weeks. And he wouldn't have even gotten to the Monday qualifier had he not missed the cut the week before that allowed him to travel back in time to get to the Monday qualifier. So you never know where one of these stories is going to start. I think it's quite obvious that we are fired up to call the Masters here on Sirius XM. In just a moment, BK, we're going to hear some comments from Greg Norman about how excited he is to work with you at Augusta National Golf Club. Mm, well, we haven't heard any comments from me uh, yet, but whatever he said, times 10, because <laughs> I am absolutely jacked up to get to work alongside a Hall of Famer that the patrons hold so special and so dear. It's, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Comments from Brian Catrick next week on getting to work with Greg Norman here on the Masters Show. BK, thanks so much. Deal. (laughs) (laughs) We love having him on the show. I'll get so fired up talking about the qualifiers in the Masters. 24 days from now, we'll be on the air broadcasting the Masters on Sirius XM. We'll look back 40 years ago next on the Masters Show. Masters Moments on Sirius XM, the exclusive home of the Masters. 2019 saw Tiger Woods looking to end an 11-year winless streak in major championships. Tiger put together a Sunday charge with birdies on three of his final six holes to win his fifth Masters. Tiger is back! Tiger Woods, the 2019 Masters champion! Sirius XM's exclusive coverage of the 2021 Masters starts Monday, April 5th on Sirius 208 and XM92 and on your connected devices and speakers. The Masters Show on Sirius XM. If Casper doesn't make this shot, make a birdie, then George Archer, who has completed his round, will have won his first major championship. That green jacket will go to six foot six inch George Archer. Pat Summerall with the call as George Archer, the big man, won the Masters in 1969. Let's fast forward 12 years to 1981 as Tom Watson was trying to win his second green jacket. Here's Chris Schenkel. Watson, after a magnificent four wood, has this for an eagle. And there it goes, birdie, eight under... And surely now it must be all over, bar the shouting. Nicholas number 16 from about 24 feet for birdie. Well, oh well, oh well, shades of 1975. Two shots back and two holes to play. 17, nine iron off a good drive. Chipping, Phil Rogers style. For par to stay within two shots. Watson to 17. Pitching wedge. Also off a fine drive. He two-putted the 16th for par. Heavens alive! An almost exact replay of yesterday. Short and bunkered. And this could be an error to haunt him for a long time. Especially if Nicholas birdies the final hole.
is. One hole to play and two shots ahead of his greatest rival. Should the one birdie and the other bogey, they will go into an immediate sudden death playoff. Nicholas from the heart of the 18th fairway. This to have even the slimmest hope of a sixth Masters today. Watson from the left side of the fairway, five iron. Tom can three putt and still win by one. Tom Watson. The 1981 Masters champion. Beat Johnny Miller and Jack Nicholas by two to win his second green jacket. The man that was tied for the lead 40 years ago after the first round was named the Great White Shark after the round by a sports reporter because of his flowing long locks. Greg Norman, 40 years later, will be our analyst at the Masters. Here are his thoughts. What I'm really excited about is um, basically four weeks from today being at Augusta. Um, and I just want to congratulate Sirius XM for being the, being the radio there. I'm looking forward to getting back there. I'm so excited, excited about being back there, Taylor, with uh, Brian Katrick. Um, you know, I've got a very, very strong soft spot in my heart for Augusta National. I never, never won a green jacket, but I feel like I, I know the golf course. I know the place so well. I think I'm going to have some really positive feedback. I've never done radio before, so it's going to be very interesting for me to make that adjustment and adapt, uh, adapt to it. But at the same time, I'm going to be there for four days. And the most important thing is it's the first major of the season. And I'm going to look forward to seeing the players again, uh, see how the golf course plays again, talk about it on radio. I'm going to be out there prepping myself on the golf course before a tee off. So four weeks from today, we'll be at Augusta National. Of course, that was last Thursday night. He said that. So now it's three and a half weeks away. We can't ha wait to have the shark with us as our lead analyst on the Masters. Thanks to Gabe Ortiz and John Albanese for producing today's show, for Brian Katrick for joining us in all of your phone calls as well. We will be back next Monday night. See if we have a new participant in the two in the 2021 Masters. I'm Taylor Zarzer. Good night. <laughs>